Good morning, church. So good to see everybody today. The Lord blessed us with a gorgeous, beautiful, sunshiny, warm day. The rain will be later on, but as for now, um, it's, a, it's a gorgeous day. But the Lord blesses us every day with um, wonderful days. We may not always appreciate the weather, but He does bless us every day. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we're glad you're here. If you are family coming home, we're glad you're here. If you're here every week, we're glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. <clears throat> you know, this is one of the two times during the year that in most churches across the nation, <clears throat> you pretty much know what the sermon's going to be. You know, most Sundays you walk in and it may be, I wonder what he's preaching on today, but on Easter and Christmas, you, you pretty much know what the sermon's going to be. So let's just go ahead and get to the end. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you right now that if you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus, I'd, I'd like to encourage you to do that. If you've never become a Christ follower, I'd like to encourage you to do that. If you're looking for a church home, I'd like to encourage you to stay here and be a part of, of this church family. So wherever you are in life, whatever you're struggling with in life, knowing what the sermon's going to be about today, I, I want you to know that, that Jesus is on your side. So today I want to talk about covers, about covers. Let me illustrate it this way. What do you do about stains on the wall? Well, you may apply some kills. You may apply a second coat of paint to cover up those stains. What do you tell people when they're coughing all over the place? You say, will you cover your mouth? We have all kinds of covers. We put covers on pillows. We put covers on beds. Remember when you used to go to grandma's house? She had covers all over the furniture so you wouldn't get that dirty. Did, did your grandma have the plastic across the carpet because you had to walk, can't get the carpet dirty so we had to walk on the plastic? We've got covers everywhere. We've got covers for hats for our head to cover our head. We put clothes to cover our body. We put lotion to cover our skin. We put money in the bank to cover our checks. There are lakes that cover all of East Texas. In basketball, there's zone coverage or man-to-man -man coverage. We have covers or cloths to put on our tables. Police will tell their partners, if they're in danger, will you cover me? We understand covers. Our lives are saturated with the meaning of covers. Webster defines cover as... Something that protects, shelters, or guards. Something that is placed over, to spread over the top. One who substitutes for another. If a teacher needs to be gone, if a teacher is sick, they get someone to cover their class. So today I want to talk about covers. When it comes to our sins, you can't throw a bedspread over your sins. You can't throw a tablecloth over your sins. You can't get new clothes to cover your sins. You can't buy a new house to hide your sin. You can't buy a new vehicle to drive your sins away. There's something that has to be done to cover our sins. And let me, let me read a couple of scriptures for you. I think I have these up here. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Psalm 85, 2, you forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. 
We're in a series called Nothing But the Blood. And so we've been talking about blood for a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about blood for several more weeks. Mainly the blood of Jesus. But we've been learning about our blood. How our blood cleans and our blood removes toxins and our blood heals. But we're learning about the blood of Jesus. How the blood of Jesus cleanses and the blood of Jesus removes sins. And the blood of Jesus gives life. Today we want to talk about how the blood of Jesus covers our sins. It's kind of interesting, don't you think? We usually see blood as, as a soiling, as a, as a stain. And yet God says, I want you to be covered with blood. We do what we can to get blood out of our clothes and get blood off of our bodies and clean blood up. And God says, I want to cover you with blood. We try to remove it and God wants to cover us. But you know what? God's always been in the covering business. Think about it. You can go back to the very first book of the Bible. You can go back to creation and God created Adam and Eve. And the Bible says they were naked and they felt no shame. And yet sin entered the picture. And the first thing Adam and Eve want to do when sin enters the picture is they sow fig leaves to cover their bodies as if the fig leaves would almost cover the sin. The first thing God does, God takes the garments of skin for Adam and Eve and He covered them. Isn't that interesting? God skins an animal. God sacrifices an animal. How else are you going to get the skin of an animal? God takes the lifeblood of an animal and makes skin to cover Adam and Eve in their sin and their guilt and their shame. God has always been in the covering business. The very first act of redemption is when God covers Adam and Eve with those sins. God sacrificed an animal. God shed the blood of an animal to cover up His people. God has always wanted to be in a right relationship with His people. God always does whatever it takes to be in a right relationship with His people. But to be in a right relationship with God, sin must be dealt with. To be in a right relationship with God, somebody has to pay the cost. Somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to cover our sin debt. And the good news is, God has always provided the covering. So today, to talk about the blood of Jesus covering our sin, I need to go back in time. So get in your time machine and let's go back several thousand years to a time when God's people are in bondage. They're in slavery in Egypt. And Scripture says that God is concerned about their suffering. God said, I've heard the cries of my people and I know my people are suffering and and I'm going to do something about it. And you can read about that. God chooses a deliverer by the name of Moses. And over a short period of time, God shows His glory. And God has a bunch of miracles. And, and Moses goes into Pharaoh and says, Let my people go. Let God's people go. They don't need to be treated this way. And so you can read about a bunch of plagues. There was the plague of blood and frogs and gnats and flies and the plague on the livestock the boils and the hail and the locusts in the darkness, and finally the plague on the firstborn. There's a quiz on the way out. If you get the answers correctly, we've got prizes in... Now we're not doing that. It was during the last plague that God said, I want to invite you all to eat. And He institutes the Passover feast. God says, I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to rescue you and we're leaving Egypt. But before we do that, I, I want you to sit down and eat a meal. And God institutes the Passover meal, but it's not just 
another meal. God says, He gives them very specific instructions. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a lamb. And I want you to take it in and I want it to become yours. And I want you to watch over that lamb and I want you to take care of that lamb. And then on the 14th day of the month, the entire community of God's people, they all took the lamb and they slaughtered that lamb. They killed that lamb. It was the Passover lamb. And they were instructed on how to eat the meat. God said, I want you to roast it over the fire. They were instructed on how to dress when they ate that meat. God said, I want you to have your cloak tucked into your belt, and I want you to have your sandals on, and I want you to have your staff in hand. When you eat, I want you to be ready. When you eat, I want you to eat in haste. Why? Because God said, we're about to leave. We're about to leave Egypt. We're about to leave bondage. I'm about to rescue you. I'm about to deliver you. You can read all about this in Exodus chapter 12, but God says, listen, in in the eating of this Passover lamb, the lamb you just killed, I want you to do something with the blood. So look at these scriptures. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. Exodus chapter 12, verse 22, take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Listen, the the gist of the Passover feast was not really about the feast. It wasn't really about the meal. It was about the blood. God says, I I want you to take the blood of the lamb you just slaughtered and I want you to put it on your door frames. I want you to cover the door frames of your houses with blood. I want you to cover your houses with blood. Why? Because God said, I'm fixing to come to town. I'm fixing to show up. And God says, if you want redemption, then if you do what I tell you to do, if you choose... To do what I say, if you eat the meal the way I say, if you put the blood over your houses, then when the destroyer comes, when the plague on the firstborn comes, your house will be protected. Now, this is the Passover feast. So God says, if you have the blood on your house, the death angel will pass over your house. If your house is covered in blood, You will be protected. You will receive salvation. You will be rescued. In fact, God says in Exodus 12 and verse 13, this blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And God says, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, God says, when I see the blood on your houses, when your houses are covered in blood, I'll pass over and no destructions coming your way. God was going to deliver the Israelites. So they had a choice. Cover our houses in blood, and we get to be rescued. Don't cover our houses in blood, and it's not going to be a pretty sight. And so with the Passover feast, God emphasized the importance of blood. Now, get in those time machines and fast forward to the New Testament. and Let's go to John chapter 1 in our adult classes, our our regular Bible classes. We've been uh, studying the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 1, John's there with two of his disciples, and he sees Jesus, and he says, Hey, look, Jesus! No, that's not what he says. He sees Jesus, and he says, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Every Jewish person 
would know about a lamb. Every Jewish person would know about the Day of Atonement. Every Jewish person would know about the blood. And they know what God expected and what God wanted. And he introduces Jesus and he says, look, the Lamb of God. What they knew was lambs. What they didn't know that day is that Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the next Lamb. Jesus is the Passover Lamb. But Jesus is also the final Lamb. They didn't know that Jesus was coming to be the final sacrifice. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. And this same John, he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote First and Second and Third John. And he wrote the book of Revelation. And when he's on the Isle of Patmos, he, he sees a glimpse of heaven. And he looks up into heaven and he sees angels numbering thousands upon thousands and, and ten thousand upon ten thousand. And they encircled the throne and they sing in a loud voice like we just sang. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, because Jesus is worthy, and Jesus is our Lamb. You ever wonder why Jesus came to earth? I mean, out of all the things God could have done, out of all the ways God could have saved us, out of, out of all of the plans that He could have had, why did Jesus have to come to this earth? Why not just stay in heaven? Well, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. God made Him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. Jesus came, became what we are, so that we could become what He is. Jesus traded places with us. And Jesus took our sins, so that we could take His righteousness. Jesus came to be the final sacrifice. Jesus came to shed blood one final time. God said, I need to cover you with blood one more time. We're going to talk about sacrifices next week in the blood of bulls and goats and how the blood of Jesus is different than that. We're going to talk about the Day of Atonement. We're going to talk about scapegoats. And we're going to do all that next week. But for this week, you've got to be covered when, with the blood of Jesus. To be right with God, to have forgiveness of God, we keep showing you this verse from Hebrews 9. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's why God wanted the Israelites to cover their houses with blood. And that's why God still wants us today to be covered with blood. But it's the blood of Jesus. God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. He told the Israelites, when I see the blood... I'll pass over. God looks at us today. And if He sees us with the blood of Jesus, He passes over. And we have redemption and we have salvation. The good news is that God has always provided the covering needed to stand right with Him. So if you want to be right with God, if you want God to deliver you, if you want God to rescue you, if you want God to save you, wherever you are in life right now, if you need some interaction with God, if you need relationship with God, God says, I'll have relationship with you if you'll just be covered with the blood. And so here we are today on Easter Sunday. Here we are thousands of years removed from the Israelites covering their houses with blood. And it's Easter weekend. Jesus died and was crucified. Jesus was buried and put in a tomb. Jesus was raised. He was resurrected. But what we need to remember is that this is a celebration 
not just of those events. It's a celebration that on Easter weekend, the blood of Jesus was shed and God covered the world with his blood. I know this is Resurrection Sunday, but every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. In fact, as Christians, every day is Resurrection Day. Because of what Jesus did on that Easter weekend, because of His death, His burial, and His resurrection, we can live victorious every day. The good news is still about the blood. The good news is still about forgiveness. It's like what Leonard was talking about, the things that we want to hear, we want to know we've been forgiven, we want to know that we're loved. And Easter weekend illustrates that with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It illustrates that with the blood of Jesus. The good news is that God still wants to be right with us and God still provides a covering. But listen, unlike Adam and Eve, we're not covered with the skin of animals. We're covered with the skin of Jesus. We're not covered with the blood of animals. We're covered with the blood of Jesus. And so we read in in Scripture that we're clothed with Christ and we're covered with His righteousness and we're covered with His blood. And in the same way, the Israelites continued to celebrate and honor and remember and have that Passover feast to remember what God did when they covered their houses with blood. As Christians today, every week, we remember the weekend that we were covered with blood and we partake of the Lord's Supper to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because it was on that weekend that His blood was shed and it was on that weekend that He provided a covering for us. And he became our Passover lamb. Jesus gathered around a table at a meal with his disciples and he said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In Ephesians 2, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. In Romans 5 and verse 9, Since since we've now been justified by his blood, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, we have redemption through the blood. It's all about the blood. Blood is all the way through the Bible. You can't get rid of the blood. You can't remove the stain of the blood. You don't want to remove the stain of the blood of Jesus. You want to be covered with the blood of Jesus. So why all the emphasis on blood? Sometimes we don't like talking about blood. We don't like to see blood. Sometimes it's it's tough to watch the movie, as strange as that sounds, to watch the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and... And see all the blood. Why all the blood? Because God said that the lifeblood of a creature, that the life of a creature is in the blood. And when we sin, somebody's got to pay the price. There's a cost involved. And God says the cost involved is the lifeblood, maybe of an animal for thousands of years, but no longer an animal. God said, I'm willing to shed the blood of my own son to cover your sins. And that's what the death, burial, and resurrection is all about. Someone had to pay the price. Someone had to cover our sin debt. Someone had to cover our sins. If we want to stand right with God, someone has to cover with blood. And Jesus came to do that. And so the Hebrew writer says, by one sacrifice, he's made perfect those who are being made holy. There had to be blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So really the question is, well, you know, Jesus lived thousands of years ago. 
I can't come into contact with the blood. I didn't live when He died on the cross. I can't put that blood on me. How am I covered with the blood? Well, you can read about that in Romans chapter 6, where Paul says, don't you know that you're baptized into Christ and you're baptized into His death? And we're united with Christ in His death and His burial and His resurrection. We're united with Christ. The only way I know to contact the blood is to be united with Christ. And to go through what He did on that weekend, we symbolically have our own death, burial, and resurrection. And we are raised to walk in newness of life. And so that's why on Easter Sunday and every other Sunday, we're going to encourage you to be baptized. We're going to encourage you to come into contact with the blood of Jesus. We're going to encourage you to die to your old self and to bury your old self. And we're going to encourage you to have a funeral so that you can be raised to walk as a new person, a new life, a new creation, covered by the blood of Jesus. So if you're here today and you're kind of struggling with something, struggling with a relationship, struggling with finances, struggling with your job, Struggling with life. Struggling with direction. I don't know what I should. I don't know how I'm going to. I just don't understand. I'm going to tell you today that our only hope is in Jesus. We look for hope in a lot of other ways. We look for hope in many things that we do. We look for hope in a lot of things we drink. We look for hope in a lot of the drugs we take. We look for hope. Folks, our only hope is in Jesus. Our only hope is in His life. Our only hope is in His death. Our only hope is in His resurrection. Our only hope is in His blood. Because one day we'll stand before God. And if we're covered with the blood, not only will God pass over, but God will welcome us into the kingdom. And so, for the Israelites, salvation came to their house if they were covered with the blood. Today, salvation can come to you if you're covered with the blood. You need to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Your only hope is in Jesus today. We offer an invitation every time we meet. We offer an invitation on Sunday mornings. But you don't need to be here on Sunday to receive Jesus. You can receive Jesus on Tuesday or Thursday or Monday or Wednesday or Friday. But we're here today. And you never know how God moves. And you never know how the Word of God touches people. And you never know how the Word of God cuts through to people's hearts. So you come here today on this Easter Sunday. I don't know where you are, but can I encourage you, don't leave here wondering where you are. Be, when you leave here, you need to be right with God. And you need to put your hope and your trust in God. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus, please do so as we stand and sing.